The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. I'm Kat Victorino, and joining me today are James Little and Deepak Gohill. Hey, guys! Hi, everybody. Hello. It's been a couple of weeks for me. Thank you, gentlemen, all of you who took care of the podcast for me while I went to visit uh, my younger brother and his family and Mickey Mouse in the uh, <laughs> lovely little state of Florida. How was Had a great little? time. Had a wonderful vacation. I appreciate it, but I missed you guys. Hey. But last week... The San Francisco 49ers started Trey Lance after long last. We got to see Trey in the driver's seat. Uh, and the final score ended up being the 49ers 23, Texans 7. Guys, what do we think about seeing Trey for the first time? Well, for the second time, but, you know, for the first time when it was really nice to see him. Depends what half you ask me. <laughs> if you have asked me first half, I'd, I was a bit panicky. It just, I just did that typical sports fan overreaction i was thinking christ this kid really isn't ready but then you have to remember well i remembered during the game because i was looking it up he was the youngest of the top quarterbacks for a start um so it's scary thing for him it's a daunting thing uh you know regardless of where the kid was drafted it's a daunting thing to do so i once i remembered that thankfully i settled down and even better thankfully he did in the <laughs> second half um, I I was very happy with him at the end. I was so I was just so pleased for him. As the game grew, as the game went on, he grew in confidence. Um, it yeah. At first, I was thinking he's nowhere near ready. By the end of it, I was thinking I really wouldn't be advised well against him starting next week. I, I'm unsure of that status at the minute in terms of whether uh, Jimmy may be back or not, or I don't know, but. The, the main thing is the scoreline. We, we won 23-7. I felt like it could have been more as well. Um, but it, just talking about Trey, and, well, yeah, I know you, you'll read the stats off, Kat, but what was it, 249 yards, two touchdowns, mm -hmm. one, silly, one silly interception, which it's a rookie mistake. But then, you know, we see rookie mistakes from the seven, eight-year vet that starts for the team as well. So we're used to seeing those sorts of interceptions, time, you know, now and again. Um, but no, I was really happy with him. Just I was happy for him more than anything, and for all of us. I think we, um, I think we need to sort of put a bit more perspective on this. He only played because Garoppolo was injured, and not only that, this was a playoff game for us. So there's an enormous amount of pressure on him to to win this game, and um, and and I think he got better and better as the game progressed. And I think his teammates are clearly there for him. They wanted him to do well, and uh, and he did okay. You know, I I graded him a B minus, closer to a B than a B minus, but a B minus nevertheless, because the fundamental truth is, if there was nothing wrong with Garoppolo, and right now I don't know if anybody knows what's wrong with him, um, he wouldn't have played. It's as simple as that. You know, uh, Shanahan has made it perfectly clear that Garoppolo is his starter as long as both of them are in the Bay Area, more or less. So for him to come on, and I, I think he he performed really, really well, you know, under very difficult circumstances as well. So I, I was really, really impressed. And it's 
nice to see a 49er quarterback do something that we haven't seen in nearly six seasons. We've seen a 49er quarterback actually extend a play. I had to rub my eyes several times when I saw him do that. <clears throat> yeah, I posted in the uh, in the game day thread. It's the first time in a very long time I've seen our quarterback extender play. And I think I, I think I said it again in the game day thread. He sh- that's where I think his strengths will come from. Is <clears throat> at times he, I put he, he looked a little bit like a scatty cat, but in reality, what he was actually doing was reading everything in front of him while being extremely agile and quick on his feet. Uh, and he'll get better and better with that, obviously. Um, because you know, he's barely played, um, at all any sort of football in a long time. So, but to yeah, with the way he extended that play, and I mean, the touchdown pass. To Debo Samuel, I watched the mic'd up Jimmy, uh, not Jimmy, so George Kittle footage off the website today, and um, <clears throat> it it was really well. First and foremost, can we mic up George Kittle every single week? In fact, every single week, if anybody knows anyone in the media team, <clears throat> can we just get George mic'd up and get a fifteen minute episode every week? Week week one, George Kittle. Week two, George Kittle. Because the guy is just you. I could watch him for days, but he. Like Deepak said, the whole team were behind Trey. And I didn't really realise, or because I'm obviously not there on the field or by the sidelines, but they really were behind him. And uh, <clears throat> the thing that stuck out was they they all, not just George, I kept hearing it from people on the sidelines when he went near the sidelines as well with him being marked up. And it was, um, you know, it was good job, Trey. Nice one, Trey. That's you, Trey. That's you all day, Trey. And they and they, they even said about the coaches, that's you coaching him. So, yeah, I know it's obviously kind of not a given, but it was just nice to see that. I think the other consideration to make is that Garoppolo's offences are extremely unforgiving on people who aren't experienced in the NFL. So, you know, he you can say he's half-baked because he is half-baked. He still needs more time to learn. But, you know, the company, he has, sorry, when I say he, I'm talking about Shanahan. He has to make a commitment now to, you know, rein him in or let him play his game, you know. And yeah. I really believe that he should just let him play his game because a diluted Trey Lance, and again, it's Shanahan playing not to lose that game. And I don't blame him because that's the one game you can afford to play not to lose and still win, if that makes sense. But if he tries that nonsense against the Rams, we're going to be on the wrong end of a of a hammering. You know, we really are. So I think he needs to give a little more trust to the kid because not only does it improve our chances of winning, but it actually gives that kid a lot more confidence as well. And you have to remember, the reason they drafted him in the first place was because they knew Garoppolo wasn't going to be the guy. And Trey rushed for eight times for 31 yards. So it's not like they overused the run with him. You know, they didn't, they didn't draw up 8 million design runs for Trey. It felt a lot more natural. Like he was just doing what he needed to do to move the ball down the field. And that's just as well, because if you did watch any of his run plays when he was scrambling, he still leads with his head. He doesn't slide very well. And, uh, 
he's going to get beheaded if he keeps doing that. And that's something that he'll learn as he plays. If he takes a couple of fierce licks, he's soon going to learn by reflex not to stick yeah. his head there, you know. <laughs> Nathaniel said that in the game day. Thread. He said, don't lead with your head. He was going, you know, I think as most of us was. But I think I, uh, I forget who said it. Somebody said it. But Trey has been used to being one of the bigger physical presence on the field when he's played the game of football. So he has been used to, in the past, being able to run into and, you know, truck these linebackers. Uh, but he's in the NFL now. He's in the big boy league. It's not going to work, Trey. Just get yourself safe because at the end of the day, you're going to be the main man. You are the main man. So if you're going to do those runs and those scrambles and you can you, you see pressure coming towards you you've got to get yourself down safely I mean how many times have we seen it in this league where that style of play you know you you'll be out of the league in two seasons if, if you don't learn to protect yourself as well as the ball well and we got Elijah Mitchell back this week and he went 21 rushes for 119 yards a 5.7 yard average and a long of 37 and two catches for 11 yards. So having Mitchell back, I think it was definite plus in this game. Um, but when we selected him, I, th- I don't think anyone in the organization, except for maybe if you asked Elijah Mitchell, uh, you'd think that that guy would turn into be our number one running back. Uh, I don't think we'll see Mozart in a 49ers uniform again because we've got this kid and he's brilliant. He really is. He's, he's just really good. <laughs> I don't know what more to say from him. Every time he's, I've seen him in a Niners jersey this season, he's just been brilliant. Uh, and sometimes when you think he's about to go down, he, he's got that split second of agility and vision and pace to get out and he'll get an extra couple yards every single time. I mean, looking at the stats in front, an average of 5.7, carry, uh, 5.7 yards a carry. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't... He doesn't pick it up and get a yard or two and get. he just gets out of those situations. I really like him, I mean, obviously, because of how well he's done. But uh, I think he'll be our number one running back next season. He's earned it, hasn't he? Yeah, he is a phenomenal talent. And we are in such a good place. We're a much better team with him than without him. But I think if we're mm-hmm. going to be dishing out praise for this kid, I think Shani needs to take a bit of praise here because... The way he schemes those runs, the misdirections, and, and and how he actually designs those plays. If you look at the running backs we've had over the years, over the last three or four years, none of them have been exactly household hold names. None have left us to become household names. You know, So I think it's a tribute to the way Shanahan is designing those particular plays where you perhaps don't need a super-duper marquee lights out running back to be able to make those plays you know and I'm taking nothing away from Elijah Mitchell at all but I think when you've got somebody who's got that much ability and desire that Mitchell has and you apply that to intelligent schemes that Shanahan is doing well we're enjoying the benefits of that aren't we you know there's no doubt about that well and the other piece that that Shanahan brought, and I know he did this out of necessity, was throwing Debo Samuel in the backfield as a running back. And having Debo run last the last game, seven ca- rushes for 19 yards, a 2.7 average. I mean, it's not not phenomenal, but you, you still weren't really looking for Debo as a running back, and it still worked. Yeah. Even George got in on the act, didn't he? 
Yeah, one one rush for six yards. Why not? Let's all be running backs. <laughs> but I mean, how creative is that out of necessity to get that creative with, with your tight end and your wide receiver yeah. and then to keep it going, even though you got your number one back back. Back, back, that didn't work. Back, back. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. You know, I just, I just thought it was clever and I love it and I hope it continues. I hope, and I also hope Debo doesn't get hurt playing that way either. Yeah, but if it's keeping us guessing, you know, it's going to keep the other team mm-hmm. guessing too about who is going to line up next in the backfield for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan's scheme must be a nightmare for the cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> Because sometimes with the misdirection and the movement in the backfield, you know, you can't work out who's getting it <laughs> when you've got when you've got Debo and you've got Mitchell and you've got Trey on the field, which one of those three is getting it? And then you get George coming off the line <laughs> coming off the line and turning around and he's getting it. Honestly, like like Deepak just said, if if we're confused and struggling mm-hmm. to see who's receiving the ball, then so is the opponents. Um, it is testament to Kyle and you're very much right in what you say, D. I mean the name Matt Brado both, you know, Cat loved him. I liked him. Mm-hmm. He's gone on, and he's unfortunately he's not uh, carried on the form that he had in his career. It's definitely a schematic thing, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah um, spot on, mate. I think you're so, right. James has given me um, a complete ad lib segue into John Madden here, and uh, stay with me. This is where I'm going to go. When I used to watch Joe Montana play, he used to do play fakes, and the way he'd hide the ball behind his hip and then do a bootleg where he could either scramble or throw it down to Russ Francis downfield. I'd be looking at the line, I'd be looking at the running backs going that way, but the play's happening all the way on the other side mm-hmm. of the field. And when I read John Madden's book, he actually goes into the play action and, and he breaks it down. He could write like a library full of books about play action, okay, and what that one play does. But in its simplest form, what he says is watch the offensive linemen. Don't watch the running back. Don't watch the quarterback. Watch the guards and watch the tackles and watch how they line up. Because the way they line up, you know which way that play is going to go. So from now on, like without, it's a reflex. I don't watch anything of that snap except those big guys in the trenches to see which way they're going to pull or if they're going to drop back, you know, it's going to be a pass or if one of them's going to go into motion like a tight end would, you know that it could be a misdirection going the other way or a counter through the middle. And that has literally changed the way I watch football. (laughs) That guy has done it. He's a genius. That's great. That's great. That's I love it. That's awesome. Next game, I'll do that. I'll watch the, the linemen and then I'll come on the following week and tell you about how I've become an expert offensive lineman. <laughs> well, back to our rushing game. Uh, Elijah Mitchell has 878 rushing yards for the season, the most for a Niners rookie. If he reaches 1,000 this week, he will be the first Niner with 1,000 rushing yards since Frank Gore in 2014. Ooh, wow. wow. <laughs> that feels wow. like an ice age ago. Debo Samuel has 1,630 yards from scrimmage, the ninth most in the season in franchise history and the most since Frank Gore's 2,180 in 2006. These guys are all going after Frank Gore's records now, guys. Yep, and they're all going to I get, love it. They're all going to get paid too because these are phenomenal numbers. And they're adding so many extra dimensions to our offense, especially Debo. He's playing wide out. He's playing running back. <laughs> Nobody knows what position he's playing from one game to the next. You know, this guy is everywhere. And he's so much fun to watch, but he's phenomenal. 
you know, his afterburners, he can, he, his vision. He, I, I swear he sees the field different to everybody else out there. He, he really does. He's, he's amazing to watch. And he does it all with a massive smile on his face. That's what I like. Just, I've never seen the guy not smiling or laughing or joking. That's because um, he's going to get paid. That's yeah, 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 right? That's, exactly. <laughs> he knows it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, after a rough start at home this year, the 49ers finished strong at Levi's, winning four in a row. That's their longest streak in a season in Levi's history and the most consecutive home games won by the 49ers since winning their final six home games of the 2011 season. Okay, can we can we say the curse is broken or is Candlestick still going to haunt us? Still going to haunt us. <laughs> still gonna I knew he was going to say it? that. I yeah. had to ask. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Until, we bring, until we bring six to Levi's, it's still going to be the curse. I mean, even now. I mean, um, it's the cornerback, Ambre Thomas. He's on COVID and the kid was getting toasted game in, game out. Finally finds himself, he's improving, he's taking responsibility, and now this happens, you know. Uh, and all the injuries we've had and everything else, it's, it's that damn candlestick curse. That's what it's <laughs> nobody, it's, nobody goes through what we go through. It's, it's not. It's, it's just the curse of candlestick, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, moving on to the group questions, Nathaniel James wants to know who will be the starting quarterback next week. Or this week? Uh, I think it's going to be um, Trey Lance because uh, in lieu of the injury actually being an injury is why I'm saying it's going to be Trey Lance because I'm going with what we know. He's injured and the nature of his injury is a six-week repair job like Drew Brees had, you know. But Shani is playing really, really tight-lipped about who may start. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if Jimmy Garoppolo starts but I think if if Garoppolo is genuinely injured, I don't see any value in in starting him. Um, you need to play the next man up, the backup, you know, and that's Trey. Yeah, it was a little bit of a conspiracy. If Garoppolo's injured, are you saying he's not injured? I know. Um, in all seriousness, yeah. We've got to, well, not got to, but if, if Jimmy's not fit, then you don't play him because you don't play him half fit because we've seen what happens when you do that, when he's come back from injury too soon uh, in previous seasons. <clears throat> um, and, you know, Trey's just come back off quite a big confidence-boosting game for him, it must be. Uh, I know LA is a completely different task to what he's just faced. Um, but yeah, you 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 go with the next man up, I suppose. Even if that next man happens to also be our long term future, possibly. So uh, yeah, tr- I'd, I'd play Trey personally. Uh, it all depends on who's took the practice snaps. I haven't actually looked at it yet this week. So well, I believe yeah. Jimmy is scheduled to practice, but I mean, if the thumb injury really is a six to eight week, I don't see. I don't see Jimmy. Well, didn't uh, they say the difference? Well the difference between you just said it's the same injury that Drew Brees had, but Drew Brees needed surgery, and they're saying that Jimmy doesn't. But why does Jimmy not need surgery, and Drew Brees did? If it's the same injury, it's yeah. all very tight lipped, like you've just said, D. Uh, which I can understand why. Um, well, because, it's not, you know, it's, it's, not even that. it's um, 
apparently the injury happened after he got sacked and the guy pile-drived him. Now, I've watched that hundreds of times, and at no point did I see Garoppolo wince with absolute agony. Mm. That thing would have hurt like hell. And he was on the sidelines, and he was smiling, and he was laughing it off. And that's what quarterbacks do when they make a turnover because it doesn't get inside their head, you know. And I'm, I'm yeah. certainly not going to chastise him for that. But I'm thinking if if it was an injury of that nature, then he, he certainly didn't seem to show that he was in any great pain of any kind. So that's what prompts me to think, is he actually hurt or is he not hurt? Or what is just going on here? Because, you know, my advice to Shani is leave mind games to Belichick. This is out of your depth, my friend. You're going to start wearing a hoodie everywhere he goes. Yeah, with top sleeves, you know, because... Uh, mind games is something that, uh, he, yeah, he's not very good at. <laughs> well, speaking of Jimmy, Daniel Jacob Christensen Jr. wants to know, will we ever see Jimmy start another game for the 49ers? Uh, I don't oh, think so, guys. Well, I don't uh, think so. If he, if he starts this week, then... Well, yes, yeah. if if he doesn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to state the obvious, but no, if he doesn't start this week and we win, no. Um, well, yeah, so if he starts this week and we win or New Orleans loses, then he might. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Don't confuse me, Dick, because I can't get my head around it. I'm just going to watch us. There's, Hopefully yeah. we, we take care of business and then I'll worry after. Yeah. Um, although I did read. <laughs> I did read the extra week has uh, has kept us out of the wild card. It's not very happy about that, but you know, no. But I mean, change. hypothetically speaking, if Trey Lance was to start and we did beat the Rams and made it into the playoffs, you've got to ask yourself a question: Why shouldn't he be allowed to play in the first round of the playoffs proper? Because as far as I'm concerned, these last two games are playoff pressure for that kid. He deserves to be yeah. able to see out the season, you know, and that is also. Yeah. A huge part of his development, right? I mean, he's not going to get learn that off the bench, is he? How to perform in a playoff game that he's played some role in helping us get to. Yeah. So I think Daniel, and Daniel is a very good friend of mine. We've met in person uh, at Levi's, actually. Uh, I would say, yeah, if Trey Lance starts this Sunday, then that is the last we've seen of Jimmy Garoppolo because... Either we will lose and we're out of the playoffs and that's it. Bye-bye. Garoppolo's contract finished. Or I think we owe it to the kid to finish the job that he started. Paul Marsh wants to know, if we don't make the playoffs, is that an acceptable outcome for this season? And should there be any changes in the coaching or front office staff? Oh, boy. Uh, so say the first part again, Cap. Uh, is it is if we do not make the playoffs is that an acceptable outcome for this season no absolutely unacceptable um <laughs> we should have beaten the titans we should have beaten arizona we should have beaten seattle we should have beaten green bay that's four wins there already we should have beaten indianapolis you know so we have left far too many losses on the field we have left far too many points on the field and we are where we are because we just can't get out of our own way so no, it's not acceptable. With the team that we've got and the talent that we've got, this team yeah. should be in the playoffs. And what's more is we might not be this talent stack next season. There might be trades. We might have to clear off some of our marquee players to recover some draft capital. Who knows? You know. But this is it's now or never for us. So, no, it's not acceptable. Not for me anyway. And the second part, 
I think Shani's drinking at last chance saloon. If he doesn't pull a magic rabbit out of his hat next season, he's definitely gone. So you think he's got one more season for sure? Yeah, I think yeah. he has. I think he's got one more, but one only. If he doesn't show something okay. next season, I think that's it. Good night and goodbye. It's rebuild. I I agree purely from the talent standpoint of this team should definitely be in the playoffs because of the players who are on the team. It's as simple as that. Uh, now, if we'd have had a like, a season the same as last season, and you could turn on us and we'll know because of the injuries, then you'd have to question, well, the injuries have happened again. But yeah, in short, I agree with Dee. This team needs to be in the playoffs because of the talent that's on it. Well, we'll pick, well, not pick you up on Dee, but what we'll say is there was a discussion uh, between Paul and Mark Lyon coming. He was talking about the cap being raised next year. So there is a strong possibility we may not have to trade any of our marquee players, but we may lose a couple of uh, second tier sort of guys. So you, we may lose like Al Shair, for instance. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I know, I know, I know. But I mean, the reality of the business is not everyone on this team is going to be on this team next season. Exactly. It? It's as simple as that. Obviously, with Jimmy going, which is inevitable, that's a massive saving. Give that money to Debo straight away. Just there you go. Nick, do you want some and all? You can have some as well. You don't need worse when you're getting yours as well. <laughs> but in all seriousness, <clears throat> I, I agree with you. We will, I think Kyle next season will be, we'll have to pull, did you say a rabbit out of the hat as it was? Yeah. Um, because I still think the majority of these players will still be with us. I'd be shocked if we traded a marquee player. Um, I know we don't we don't currently have any first round picks because we leverage the house on Trey, um, but I, I do think we'll have the majority of the marquee players, and we'll, it will be the same as the expectations were this season was, you know, to make the playoffs and to go deep into them. If not, be nice to go all the way, wouldn't it? But yeah, mm. agree, just agree with Deepak again in, in answer to the question. So Mark Lyon has a number of questions for us. First off, will the Saints win in Atlanta? No. Really? Sorry, Sorry I beg your pardon. Yes, they will win. Yes, they will. <laughs> I was going to say, they're going to win, <laughs> Dee. <laughs> they will be at Atlanta. I don't think um, we can really hedge our bets on, on the Falcons doing us any favours there. Mm, I agree. I hope so. Have special teams improved as much as it looks? They still seem to me to be issues on kickoffs and with the decision making on uh, punt returns. Improved. It looks like they've regressed to me. You know, they're awful. Have you seen the stats? Oh, over the season, yeah. Yeah, they have re- regressed. I mean, um, I don't know. Our, our punt return situation, our kick return situation is, is insane. I, I looked at the stats early, earlier today. We're not getting much northbound progress on kick returns, are we? You know, that's no. why we can hang on to the ball. Yeah, no. Um, well, the stats from the last game just what we've got to be in, uh, two for 35 yards from Hasty, punt returns three for 22, one for 11 on Benjamin, who scared the life out of me when he when he went to catch that. I thought he was going to drop it, but no, yeah. they've not been they've we haven't had a full uh kick returner. Uh, if Cordell Patterson comes up, can we get him? Because can you imagine what Kyle can do with him next season? Because I'm sure he's on a one-year deal with the Falcons. I know we approached him last season, but if we could get someone like that in for possibly that sort of role, then that would help and go a long way. But no, the when when they return kickoffs and punts, for me, it, it just seems to be 
fair catch it. Well, Hopefully, it's not within the ten yard line. Do you know what I mean? They're not been good. It's not been good for years. I mean, Paul will tell you all about the Bruce Ellington fan club. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not been good for years and years. But I, I agree with Deepak. It, it, it's still not good. And if anything, this season has regressed on last year. When last year we we had a number of players attempting a go at it because of the injuries we had, but we seemed better last year at it. I think we need to rewind back to the Titans game where we fell for that. Um, punt on fourth down and they score. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> yep. I think we missed a field goal in that game as well. So, um, no, they've definitely regressed. Last question before we move on. Should we just cut Josh Norman now? I don't like him. I haven't liked him before he was a niner, uh, as I haven't liked other players before there was a niner and they came to our team and uh, <clears throat> changed my mind. Unfortunately, Josh Norman hasn't done that. <clears throat> he has shown flashes of um, veteran ability, I'll say, punching the ball out. Uh, he, he, he was, you know, he, he's got a... He's good at that, but I mean, he, he got completely hooked, didn't he? And they put uh, Johnson in, and then on the next play, I think Johnson, who does get a lot of flack from me and the fan base because he's been in and around the team for a number of years. To me, he's never looked good enough. Um, but for Norman to get hooked for Dante Johnson probably tells you about their evaluation of Josh Norman in a, a Niners jersey this season as well. Deepak? Um yeah, um, I can see him being one of those that's cleared out with the dead wood. We need to save a bit of money to get to, to pay some of these guys that we've already got, you know. So um, I, I don't anticipate on him being around much longer. Well, we certainly don't need the passing of uh, the PI calls. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting a little crunch for time, so we're going to move on to the game preview. Uh, everybody knows we're going into LA this <clears throat> week to meet the Rams, where we have actually uh, handily beat them the last five games, correct? That's right. uh, we lead the all time series 74, 67, and three. And four of the last five meetings in LA since the Rams moved back there, we have won. So, what do you think? I think um, Shani's got McVeigh's number here. Uh, and in some ways, if you look at our division, we are their Seahawks. They'll never beat us. In the same <laughs> way we never, they're never going to beat us. And, um, and, I, and I think it's going to be won by our defense. They don't like our pass rush. And Stafford is unspectacular. Um, Debo Samuel owns uh, Aaron, Aaron Donald. Aaron so, Donald, uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, and here's, here's interesting. The, 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 the bookies have got us as uh, four-point underdogs, and it was more than that earlier in the week. So um, I think, yes, expect a tight game. It won't be the blowout that we had at uh, Levi's, but I, I actually think this is a trap game for them and a must-win game for us. But also, you've got to factor in that Trey Lance is basically playing in a playoff game, or mm -hmm. whoever is going to be quarterback is going to be playing in a playoff game. So enormous amounts of pressure on us to, to come through. So if we can keep our heads, there's no reason why we shouldn't beat the Rams and make it, you know, six straight. I think you said that you think it will be won with our defense. I think it will be won or lost on our offensive line and which one turns up this week. Um, now we've got, if it's Trey, he's, he's a lot more elusive than Jimmy, that's for certain, and could probably get out of trouble a little bit easier than Jimmy would, but they've got to protect him. And let's not forget, 
<coughs> Donald is on the other side of the pitch. He will be absolutely chomping at the bit to get a good game against us because, as you've rightly just said, Debo currently owns him. He's, he lives in Debo's pocket. Uh, but I, I think the main issue will be what I read shortly before coming on with you guys about the amount of our secondary who have got are on the COVID list. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they have some pretty good receivers and a good quarterback who can sling well not can sorry it likes to sling it um you know cooper cup i mean obj is still a decent receiver and stafford's a you know a good strong-armed quarterback who can sling it 30 40 yards plus easily um so i fear for that um if our poor secondary is even more depleted then i i am a bit fearful but like you just said if the Line can get to him, he's not going to get a chance to do that. So yeah, so you, you may be right. It may be won or lost on our on our uh, D line. It'll be won and lost in the trenches. That's all I know. It'll be interesting to see how Demarco Ryan's plays this. Um, uh, and, yeah. and this time round, we cannot give up third and longs. You know, third and thirties, third and forties. We cannot let them convert those. That's insanity. You know, quick and, one, D. Yeah, you earlier in the season. Earlier in the season, we I think when we were last on the pod together, we were cursing the life out of D'Amico Ryan. And, and I think both of us were like, this guy is not a defensive corner. What do you think of him now? How do you think he's <clears throat> grown well, since then? Well, I think a couple of things. I, I still give him his dues because he's learning the game, but also that Tennessee Titans game. Whilst it wasn't the defense's fault that we lost that game, I also believe that, he insists on playing a prevent soft zone on third and long, and that is mm. literally suicide in a passing league. It's it they, they converted on a third and thirty or something, or a third and thirty-five. <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, yeah, that's, that, you, you should be fired if you let an offense convert on third and that long. You know, you, you need mm. to be fired. So, what do I think of him? I think what he's trying to do is is, is scheme his defenses to keep his corners and his and his defensive backfield safe you know he's trying to protect them because that is clearly Achilles heel Um, what I want him to do is do that but what I don't want him to do is play a soft prevent zone prevent defense on third and long because if you keep doing the same thing you're going to keep getting the same result and he hasn't seemed to have figured it out yet that playing prevent defense on third down is guaranteeing the other team a first down and that's what loses Mm. your football games Mm -hmm. Okay. Prevents you from winning every time. It does. And and then that's what prevent defense does. It prevents you from winning. Well, boys, I have two minutes on the clock. Are you ready to play the two-minute drill? Yeah, let's go. Yep. (laughs) Deepak, after starting the first half the way we did, was that on coach for being so conservative? Um, Not necessarily on coach. I think it was lots of different reasons. Lance, a lot of pressure under him. But I do think coach should have let him cut loose a little bit more. So, no. I'm going to say no, it's not just on coach. (laughs) James, did Trey do good enough in this game to prove Jimmy isn't the answer? I think he showed things to show us the reason why Jimmy isn't the answer. So, he, he showed us... Showed us what Jimmy can't do. So, yeah, by that, yes. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Deepak, see the stats for Trey. They were almost identical to that of Cap's first game. Can Trey light up the playoffs like Cap did? 
maybe the short answer is we don't know but uh, we didn't know what cap could do either but he was on a very talent loaded team and the similarities are alarming because trey lance is also on a talent stack team so we shall see it's hard to tell james if ferret hadn't been injured would we have been nfc west winners <laughs> no because like we were out, we we beat ourselves too many times this season uh deepak reeled off the games that we should have won so no i, I think no deepak can mitchell do you think mitchell is in contention for rookie of the year uh yeah definitely certainly 49er rookie of the year uh, he's had an outstanding season uh, fantastic player i really hope he gets some recognition anyway James, would you take Antonio Brown? <laughs> no. <laughs> Deepak, if we can win on Sunday, who would you rather play, the Rams again or the Bucks? Um, Rams again. There's nothing like stuffing it to them because they're our rivals. But mostly, <laughs> I don't want Tom Brady versus our secondary. <laughs> exactly. And we are out of time. Well, guys, do we have anything else we want to say? I have one more thing before we go, but I wanted to give you guys the opportunity first. Just simply beat LA. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, I just want to give a little bit of love to Nick Bosa because we've oh. gone the entire podcast without mentioning that guy's name. He's having a lights out season. I think he could be the NFL defensive player of the year if he keeps keeps it on. He's, he's, been, he's a special he man. He should definitely be comeback player of the year. He's, I think he should get both defensive player of the year and comeback mm-hmm. player of the year. Phenomenal player. I just wanted to give some love to yeah. Nick Bosa and Trent Williams as well. He's having an old pro year. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I know this is a 49er podcast, but I would be remiss if we did not say our final goodbyes to coach John Madden. I grew up watching Coach Madden on the sidelines of the Raider games in the 70s. Um, they, the Raiders had training camp here in my hometown while he was here and while Coach Flores was coaching the Raiders. Um, he's just been a part of my life, my entire life. And I always loved listening to him call a game on CBS with, with Pat Summerall and uh, going to miss Coach. He was, he was one of the good ones. Yeah. And may he rest in peace. Yeah, ditto to that. I met him and he invited me onto his bus. This was after the NFC Championship game against the Cowboys. He called it with Pat Summerall. And uh, in those days, he couldn't believe that somebody would come all the way from England to watch a football <laughs> game, you know. And uh, I said, well, you know, I had to get on a plane, not like you, on that bus. And uh, <laughs> the thing that struck me about him was how much he loved talking about football and how little he cared that you were just an ordinary person because he only saw you as he saw himself and that's an ordinary person. And, you know, I've been watching this game for nearly 40 years and I will tell you that there isn't anybody that will come after him that can match his passion, his love, his enthusiasm. And the the game, nobody loved the game more than he did, you know, and, and that's all I'll say. There's, massive massive loss to the game but he was sick he had a full life he had a great life but uh it's a tough one for me to take personally i i I loved everything about the guy bought his books bought his video games the Mm -hmm. lot you know (laughs) but he will live on in our memories oh forever love you coach thanks to audionautics.com for the music 
Thanks to Mark Lyon, Andrew Mitchell, Daryl Nils-Hanman, Neil Jepson, Deepak Gohill, Paul McDonald, James Little, Rob Newell, Kev Nyland, Simon Holdsworth, Nathaniel James, Stephen Box, and Graham Ross for all that they do in the group and on the show. Apologies to anyone I may have missed. Thank you to all in the group who continually contribute, whether it's in the game day thread or the sharing of other content. We'd love to have you on the show. Just let us know. You can message any of the admins in the group or email us. Or you can check out the calendar under announcements in the Facebook group and sign up for a date. I'll contact you via messenger and we'll make further arrangements. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NinerEmpireGB and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire Great Britain. Don't forget to check out the blog, which is available on your favorite podcast app. You can also email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. On behalf of Deepak Gohill and James Little, I'm Kat Victorino. We'll be back next week. Goodbye for now. Goodbye. There it is. <laughs>